From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, August 23rd. Jared Garcia is leaving his position as Moab City Police Chief at the end of September, just 15 months after he took the top job at the department. He'll become a deputy executive director at the Utah Department of Corrections. The announcement of Garcia's departure was made in a press release last week. In it, city leaders praised his efforts to improve officer morale and training, as well as build stronger relationships within the community. Assistant Police Chief Lex Bell, who Garcia hired, will take over as chief. When Garcia came to Moab in May 2022, he was tasked with retooling and rehabilitating the Moab City Police Department. At the time, the department was facing low morale after the controversial departure of the previous chief, as well as lack of staffing and threat of lawsuits. In August 2021, Moab police responded to a 911 call of an alleged domestic violence incident regarding travelers Gabby Petito and Brian Laundrie. Petito was later found murdered. This high-profile case brought even more attention and scrutiny to the local police force. I know uh, that, that Moab has been under the spotlight, but somebody has to take on those challenges at some point and really, really um, dive into the police department. And I thought to myself, why not me? Garcia speaking on KZMU during his first week on the job back in May 2022. According to the mayor, when Garcia first arrived, the Moab Police Department had only five officers. That's far short of the budgeted 18 officers that the mayor says makes an effective police department. Back in May of last year, Chief Garcia outlined staffing as a top priority. You can have uh, all the goals in the world, but if you don't have people to accomplish those goals, then it's all for nothing. That is priority number one, is, is hiring officers and not only hiring them, but retaining them and then again getting them the the proper amount of training experience uh, guidance from leadership and then making sure we're establishing a culture and an environment that people want to stay. Moab City's police department is now fully staffed. In a press release Garcia said he is proud of the progress made within the department as well as the strategic plan the team has established. New police chief Bell will be tasked with carrying out that plan moving forward. Bell has worked in law enforcement for over two decades. He says he is committed to accomplishing the goals and standards in the strategic plan and will continue to build relationships with partners like businesses, schools, and the community. The Great Salt Lake is the largest saltwater lake in the Western Hemisphere, and it will be drying up if no action is taken. Brigham Young University professor Ben Abbott released an emergency briefing on Great Salt Lake earlier this year. Lara Jones with our partners at KRCL spoke with Professor Abbott about the challenges and potential solutions the lake faces. The situation at Great Salt Lake is is extremely serious, even with the big snow year that we had. That's only given us a, a, a couple of years of additional time to implement the water saving measures that we need. Um, if we look at the the natural long-term level of the lake. We've lost about 75% of the water and two-thirds of the surface area of the lake. And this, of course, is a, a real threat to our community, everything from our air quality, industry, and cultural identity depends on taking care of this lake. So it's a, it's definitely an all-hands-on-deck emergency. We were talking about this the other night, and someone called up and said, can you please address animal, livestock, or, or farming impacts on the Great Salt Lake? 
And I know there's been this kind of push-pull, but hey, we got to eat. We got to grow our vegetables. We got to grow our livestock feed, um, all of that stuff. So given the emergency briefing that you did, what do you have to say about um, animals and uh, and farming on the Great Salt Lake, how it affects? Yeah, well, those are really insightful questions. And one of the points I really try to emphasize is we can't let this devolve into a urban areas versus agricultural areas. We need everybody doing all that they can, but the lion's share of the water use is coming from agriculture and more than half of that agricultural water use isn't being used to raise food for people. It's raising feed for livestock. And so there really are some extremely hard and even threatening questions that we need to discuss about is the amount of acreage of alfalfa in the watershed sustainable? Um, now, there are ways that we can get more crop per drop, um, and so we can use the water more efficiently agriculturally. That likely is only going to get us halfway toward the savings that we need to reverse the decline of the lake. And so we need, I, I kind of see it as a two-stage um, solution. We need some emergency interventions now, some really muscular uh, executive action that gets water to the lake to stabilize it. That's the sprint part. And then the long term, we need some policy changes and even some cultural changes um, about how we're living, what kinds of la outdoor landscapes we find beautiful, and how the agricultural economy is functioning. There is this threat to the Bear River Migratory Bird Refuge from the Inland Port and its impact on the Great Salt Lake and now perhaps Utah Lake. Is this something that is attracting your attention in terms of studying and uh, applying some science to? The message we need to get across is that all of these water bodies are connected. It's all part of the same watershed. And so the way that we're managing um, the landscape, the way that we're managing Utah Lake and Bear Lake, that all trickles down. It literally trickled down to Great Salt Lake. And so the, the efforts that we, um, that we make to conserve water, that's going to help restore the levels of Great Salt Lake. It's also going to improve the water quality of Utah Lake. Subsidizing development in sensitive wetland areas really does not help. And, um, you know, the same way, it's not a categorical, we can't have agriculture. We need development, right? There, We have a growing population. We need places for those people to live. But it needs to be really thoughtful and coordinated development that's water-wise so we can make sure that our communities are viable over the long term. So in your briefing paper released, I think it was in January of this year, what are some takeaways that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Well, I guess there are two, there are two points I want to emphasize. The first one is we are not alone in this problem. There are around 120 of these large saline lakes around the world. Nearly all of them are in decline. Um, and, the, and it's the same story that we're seeing here. It's because of irrigated agriculture primarily, um, overuse of water. And so there are lessons to be learned from those lakes. And also this is an opportunity for us to really be pioneers because nobody has cracked the code. This is a really hard ecological challenge. Um, and I think that we should be asking ourselves, do we have what it takes to buck that trend? Um, and this, the second point is the thing that we need even more than water is trust. The, the fact is that we're, we're not talking about either saving Great Salt Lake or not saving Great Salt Lake. We're talking about, are we going to save the lake on our own terms, coming together as a community, or is there going to be um, federal in intervention that forces us to bank really abrupt and much less uh, consensual and compensated changes? 
That was Brigham Young University professor Ben Abbott and KRCL's Lara Jones discussing the declining water levels of Great Salt Lake. That interview was shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, including KZMU. Republican U.S. Representative Lauren Boebert has another Democratic challenger in Grand Junction, Colorado Mayor Anna Stout. She says her record of public service for Western Colorado sets her apart from other candidates in the race. Born and raised in Grand Junction, Stout also serves as the CEO of the local Humane Society and previously owned a Spanish interpretation business. Working as an interpreter brought her all over Western Colorado to translate for people in a variety of circumstances. I've been there for some very pivotal moments in their life, whether those were medical appointments or court cases or business deals. Being able to interact effectively and competently and culturally with somebody is really important, not just during a campaign, but in general. Stout says she understands these communities better as a result. She lists some of the district's key issues as water, housing, immigration reform, and reproductive rights. Stout is running against former Aspen City Councilor Adam Frisch in the Democratic primary, which will take place in June 2024. Frisch came within 600 votes of Boebert in the 2022 general election. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, August 23rd. Get your community-powered journalism weekdays on the airwaves at noon and 6. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.